Welcome to Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about good and evil. Being able to discern both good from evil. In the latter days, we know that they'll call evil good and good evil. They will have their conscience seared with a hot iron. They will be seduced by the doctrines of devils and seducing spirits. Paul warns of it in 1 Timothy 4 verse 1. The Spirit speaketh expressly. No way to doubt it, that it will certainly come to pass, that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith. They were in the faith, but they departed from it. And the reason is simply is that iniquity abounds. Lawlessness. The love of many will wax cold. That's happening now. Not only in America, all throughout the world. But the prophetic chess pieces are moving according to God's will and His purpose. That that is determined will be done. God speaks these things, the geopolitical realm, before they happen. Nothing surprises God in His foreknowledge. He knows all things. Man has a free will and a volition to make a choice, either follow God or not. God is sealing his people now for the work of the ministry. Very few understand that. But it'll only be a remnant of the church that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. But it is the present truth and the preceding word of God by which every believer lives by. We see in Revelation 19.10 that most of the commentaries are going to tell us that that is an angel appearance and that John was about to worship an angel. That is not the case. John sees a man, and if anyone knew the Lord Jesus Christ and his attributes, his character, his essence, his intrinsic value, who he is, John, the revelator, knew Jesus. He was about to worship him, seeing this man. And he said, Say thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He goes on and said, Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And that's a small s, meaning that we're one with the Spirit of God, that we're in one mind and one accord with the leading of the Holy Ghost. Those are the ones that's come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. Those are the ones that have the knowledge of our Lord Jesus, and the only way that that was guaranteed to them, the true believers, the true witnesses of God, was that they, in 2 Peter 1, <clears throat> added to their faith virtue. They were virtuous before God. They did not pollute themselves with strange gods. Only one God, one person in the Godhead, not a trinity, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. There, then, they added to the virtue, knowledge. Now we're saved through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. These exceedingly great and precious promises given to us 
whereby we're made partakers of his divine nature and escape the corruption of the world through lust. That's not a rapture. It is crucifying the flesh with the lust and the affections. It's mortifying the deeds of the flesh in order to do the will of God, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for us is, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. But he goes on and does not stop there. He says, you add to your knowledge temperance. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things and all truth. And the temperance, their patience. That after we've done the will of God, we have need of patience. Let patience have a perfect work. How do you get patience? Tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Experience worketh hope. Hope makes them not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Do we stop there? No. We continually, through obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, keep growing up into Jesus from a newborn baby to that of little children, growing still higher in the Christ in you, the inner man, to young men that have the word of God strong in them and overcome the wicked one, to finally fathers that have known him that's from the beginning. Those are the ones that will be sealed. Those are the ones that come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ Jesus. Then uh, that patience, after patience has her perfect work, then godliness. We add to patience godliness. Godliness is the God life. That is the mystery of godliness. is not of any of us or any of our works, but that God himself was manifest in the flesh, not the Son of God. God was manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. And we see there that as he was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, uh, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. Who was? God himself. So when you believe on Jesus, you believe not on Jesus the man, you believe on Jesus the spirit that sent him. That's right, Jesus sent his own spirit, his own self, his own word, and was made flesh. God came as he said he would, providing himself a sacrifice for sin. Now that is the revelation that's being decreed throughout all the world now through the witness of the Holy Ghost to those that have an ear to hear. Without that knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are lost. We can't have... Uh, salvation except through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. That's 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. When somebody said, well, my pastor said, Romans 9, 10 was it. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, then I'm saved. Well, if you understand that scripture, that's true. Your confession is made with the mouth but with the heart, not with the mind, not with the intellectual belief, but that in the spirit of man, 
that is, the heart of man, that must be circumcised. And water baptism is how the heart in the spirit is circumcised, the body of the sins of the flesh, cut off by baptism. Now, assuming a person does that, you'll see that in Romans 2, 28 and 29. You'll see it again, that baptism is born of the water in Romans 6, 1 through 6. You'll see it again, Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. You'll see it in 1 Peter 3, that in the days and the long suffering of God, that in the days of Noah, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure wherein baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience toward God. But we're talking to those that are pressing toward the mark for the prize, that are not at ease in Zion and saying, well, that's it. I'm increased with goods. I have need of nothing. We're not talking to those. We're talking to you that know there's more to come and you're looking and praying to God and seeking him diligently to be found in doing the will of God, the purpose of God in your life. And those of you that have contacted us, knowing that the body of Christ is coming together now and being sealed on the 19th of January, 2019. That's over four years ago. Our team was in Kenya, Africa. Transamera, Kenya, preaching a Messiah Travel Church, and after preaching about four hours in the church, came out, and the Lord Jesus visited me. Not for any of my righteousness, not for any of my holiness, but for his name's sake. And he said, seal my people by my word. This visitation lasted for over two hours. The bottom line was, very simply, that he said, the Lord Jesus said, seal my people by my word. Even as I send by angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. That is what God is doing now. You want the present truth? That's what he's doing. And anyone there that is led of the spirit of God knows that there is more to come and evil seducers and uh, these wicked men are waxing worse and worse. The hatred uh, of Christ, the Antichrist, are more now than ever before. Where people used to think, and believers, that it was very important and essential to go to church and have a religious foundation, have dropped almost in half from 70 to 35%. It's just not important to them anymore because they think money and the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, is more important. You have to look out for number one. And by doing that, going after the things of the world, thinking that we must take care of these things first and God secondly, then we put ourselves in peril. We put ourselves uh, in harm's way. Simply because we do not follow the leading of the Holy Ghost is called iniquity. Iniquity is lawlessness, not obeying the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, Christ in us, Jesus in us, the Son of God in us, the Spirit of God in us, is but one spirit, not three persons, but one.
And that spirit, that Son of God revealed in us, the Christ that's in us, leads us and guides us into all truth. Not partial truth, as newborn babes, they desire the sincere and muckled word that they may grow thereby, but they're unskillful in the word of righteousness. Hebrews 5, Paul tells us that about speaking about Melchizedek. Why? Because Melchizedek is the priesthood there that we are called for in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a high calling of God in Christ Jesus as kings and priests unto the Lord our God, and we will reign and rule in the earth for 1,000 years under our Lord Jesus Christ. During that time, the Jehovah Shammah, Jesus is there. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is present. Those that are counted worthy of that kingdom are the ones that their faith grows exceedingly and the charity of everyone abounds one toward another. They have reached that epoch in perfection because they added to their faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is not love, but it is the love of God in doing His will, performing that which the Lord has put in you, leading each member in the body of Christ to do the will and purpose of God. And then, and only then, in full maturity, when that which is perfect has come, charity, that is doing the will of God unto perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, then we are assured a guaranteed perfectness. Charity is the bond of perfectness. Charity will cover a multitude of sins. But the devil has, through these uh, instruments of his, Satan that comes in himself as an angel of light, literally deceiving many, saying that you're saved simply by asking Jesus to come into your heart, that you've repented, that's it. No, you're called for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And those of you that have the true spirit of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory, you know there's more. You feel that unction of the Holy Ghost pressing you onward. And by compelling you to come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, you're pressed toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That mark is a tav. It's the last letter of the Hebrew abecedary. It's full perfection. It's not the beginning of the race. It's overcoming to the end. And that is what is happening now called unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And that is not just knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh. It's knowing Jesus and a perfect image of Him by doing His will. And that by each individual, according to the faith given to each individual member that the Lord himself will fitly frame this body of Christ together into the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect mirror image of Jesus in all his attributes manifest throughout the body of Christ, not one individual, 
not a bishop, not an apostle, not a prophet, but the entire body of Christ where the eye can't say the hand, I have no need of you, or the hand can't say the feet, I have no need of you. For God has placed a more abundant honor on the less comely parts so there'd be no chism or division in the body. We need each other. So this unity of the faith, this knowledge of the Son of God is essential for us to be sealed in the measure of the stature and the fullness of Christ. He's not sealing the little, the, the babies or the little children. The ones that are sealed are the servants of God in Revelation 7 and the apocalyptic sealing that have grown, grown up into him in all things and all truth, walking in the light as he's in the light, having fellowship one with another, blood flow, and the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin. That's what he's doing now. What will happen if we're not? On the negative side, if we're not sealed, we don't listen to the leading of the Holy Ghost. We don't think it's essential. We don't think it's necessary. We think we're already at ease in Zion and we have need of nothing. We're increased with goods uh, and we don't believe we have to grow any higher in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Laodicean mindset. It states there very simply. Laodicea says, I'm increased with goods, clothed, fed, and have need of nothing. Jesus states, Knowest thou not your poor, wretched, naked, and destitute? I counsel of thee to buy me gold tried in the fire. But very few want to suffer with him, to reign with him. Now, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, and it will, because all that live God in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you are a believer, or you are a minister of the gospel, and you've had no persecution, is because your light has not shined. You have not lived the God life, the godliness, because all that do live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Second Thessalonians 1. If you haven't had any sufferings, then there is the token that you have not. You have not suffered for his name's sake. You haven't lived the God life. And those of you that have, we need to get together. Why? Because God is fitly framing his body together now. And he's calling for us, uh, one to another, to join together. I'm reaching out to you. And I know God's dealing with you to contact us, where we can all work together. We have many ministers. I'll be putting these uh, over the podcast where you can hear their testimony and they're asking and really pleading with us to lead them on into truth in what we are called for as ministers. And that requires us to come together in the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God so we can be fitly framed together, the body of Christ coming together in one, and then the Lord will compact it, seal it, according to the measure of each part, according to the measure of faith. And that requires each of us to do the will of God and the purpose of God that he has called each of us to do. Different ministrations, different ministries 
and each member in the body of Christ, but it's still the same one Spirit of God. One body, many members. There, there is no literally same measure for each part. All of them are not the eye. All are not the hand. There, in the individual members in the body of Christ, it is imperative that we understand our calling and come together because the apostles. Firstly, in the church apostles, secondarily prophets. These which are the spearhead for the move of the body of Christ as far as the breaking up that phallogram and going into the present proceeding word of God. And just as Paul stated, that the mystery of Christ that has been hidden from the ages, as it's now revealed by who? As, as it's now revealed by his holy apostles and prophets. Those are the two offices that God uses. Now, does that mean that they're the only ones that have that? No. That knowledge then uh, is literally led by the Holy Ghost and permeates the body of Christ in truth. And the flow of the Spirit of God uh, in the blood flow through the members in the body of Christ come in the unity of the faith and stands up a great army in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ lifting up Jesus only, the blessed and only potentate who only has immortality, dwelling in the light, which no other man can approach into nor see, nor can see. That's a Jesus-only doctrine. That's what we preach. And those are the ones that's going to preach this everlasting gospel to all the world, for witness, and all nations, then the end will come. What do we see now happening throughout the nations? Well, we see that the prophetic chess pieces moving according to the will and purposes of God, just as he stated would in the word of God. And we're seeing that there's more anti-Semiticism are against Israel now than ever before. Israel is hated. And any nation that stands there with Israel is hated also. Therefore, in the Iranian proxy, and there the Hamas says belong, all of these, the Houthis, are doing everything they can, Al-Qaeda, to destroy Israel. But they're also, their bottom line is to destroy not only the little Satan, but the great Satan of the United States as well. And we're seeing this happening more so than now with Russia. They're aligning with uh, China, Xi Jinping, along with, as we see, uh, with Arabia now, Saudi Arabia. And all these things happening now and colluding with Syria and Iran and the different and Turkey, as we see in Ezekiel 38. Now, anyone knows that's read the word of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost that we are in the last days. But during that time of great tribulation that will come upon the earth, the good news is that God will lift up a standard against the evil that comes in like a flood. That's the good news. And during that time, it'll be the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost this world has ever seen, greater than Pentecost, much, much greater than Pentecost. That was a rain. It was a moderate rain. It was definitely a good rain in the Holy Ghost called Pentecost. But we're not Pentecostals now. We're tabernacleists. We're going into the last great rain of his strength. And we are to ask for the Lord 
rain in the time of the latter rain, and the Lord promised he will send forth showers and to everyone grass in the field. Zechariah 10.1, that's where we are now. There, now you ministers, you have contacted me. You've been through great tribulation. You've been through tribulation in your life. But we're headed to the great tribulation where we need one another. We will have to stand as a body of Christ that is compacted and fitly framed together by the Lord Jesus Christ in order to stand in these last days. We need each other. God is calling us right now to come together in one. Not talking about a denominal uh, invitation that we're going to reign and rule over the local churches is preposterous. No, it's coming together in the unity of the faith in a fellowship, not leading or lording over God's heritage, as most denominations do, being called heresies or denominations. Paul said, not being led of God, but that those which are literally highly esteemed among you, the individual church members, there may be made manifest. And that's what he states in uh, the Corinth church. There be heresies, there's divisions among you. Paul, Paul said, I partly believe it. Because there be heresies there that those which are approved among you may be made manifest. You put those in the, the leadership of the church that tells you what you want to hear. But we're not that. We're standing as one crying in the wilderness, make straight the paths of the Lord. We're in that last day move of God, the Elijah, the ministry there that will restore all things and the restitution of all things, and Jesus will not come until then. Acts 3, 20 and 21. The heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things and all truth. That's where we are today. So God knocking at your door and bearing witness uh, with your spirit, the Holy Ghost itself bearing witness, then call me. We need to work together. No man is an island in himself. The body of Christ must come together. And that can only be done through the leading of the Holy Ghost. Now, many like to stay in a safe harbor, not get out into the waters of truth because they say, well, it's dangerous out there. You know, a ship can sink out there. But when you have your eyes on the Lord, there you will walk on the water, just as uh, Peter did. You will not sink. People are scared of the depth because out there in the deep, you can easily get mixed up. You can easily be uh, somehow or other that you will be deceived. That's not so. Matter of fact, the seal of the living God there in Revelation 7, the apocalyptic ceiling will assure you that you that have reached charity and these things abounding in you, your faith goeth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you abounding one toward another, manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, guarantees you that you make your calling and election sure and no means of failing, that you cannot fail. That's a seal of the living God. That's the truth that God can literally, after he fitly frames the, the body of Christ together, then he compacts it. He compacts us together. That's more than just a glue 
It is literally becoming one in the Lord Jesus Christ. One body, one spirit in whom you're called and one hope of your calling. That's not a denominal call. That's not a denomination. That is the calling of the Holy Ghost in the one body that God is calling now that will literally preach this gospel, the everlasting gospel, all the world for witness in all nations. The ones that do not and will not hear and heed the call of God to be sealed in Revelation, the ninth chapter and the fifth trumpet, that that seal of the living God is essential for them to stand, for the body of Christ, for us to stand in the last days because that angel has the key to the bottom of the spit, will open it and will come out Abaddon and Apollyon, the destroyer, with a locust horde that will hurt only those men that have not the seal of the living God in their forehead. And they will hurt men for five months. The same exact time that the waters prevailed upon the earth in the days of Noah, just as Jesus said, he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of God. Why? Because the waters prevailed upon the earth for 150 days or five prophetic months. Five times 30 is 150. And that five months is exactly the time of the locust horde tormenting men in the fifth trumpet. Those fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet are woe trumpets and who shall be able to stand? Only those that have the seal of the servants of God in their forehead. Those are the only ones. So it's imperative. We need to hear from you that we, as the body of Christ, can be compacted together. Seal. And that will only happen when we come together as one in the body of Christ, one body. That's imperative. As long as a person stays in the denominational churches, and thinking, well, I've read the Word of God, I believe, I've heard what Brother Beard and other uh, uh, ministers that are preaching this last day, Jesus' only doctrine of Christ and the truth, but I'll just stay where I'm at. Oh, friend, there God's calling and moving on you and you're not obeying. Notice what happens. There in all these judgments that God does, and when judgments in the earth, men will learn righteousness the true Jesus, the revelation of Jesus, the true God and eternal life, that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, the Almighty God. There's not two or three. There's only one. The ones that do not. Notice that in Revelation 9, it says, and all of these judgments of God, they repent and not of their evil deeds, which they've ungodly committed. They still will not repent. Because the heart, when God deals with an individual's heart, and a special believer, and that iniquity abounds, and the true believer does not stand and persevere to the end, then the love of many will wax cold. Iniquity will abound in these last days. The body of Christ coming together, and the true word of God and the preceding word will stand. The ones that do not, even though they are born again of the water and the spirit, they were born again, newborn babe. They 
grew to little children. They knew that Jesus is the Father of glory, the Lord. And in 1 Corinthians 12, no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. But now I'll say unto the Lord, Jesus, Lord, Lord, calling him the Father of glory, knowing who he is, the true identity. Not all that say unto him, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in, only those that do the will of God. We must do the will of God. And that is the body of Christ coming together in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and fitly framed together and compacted by the Lord God himself according to the measure of each part, the measure of faith given to each individual. Then it will stand up a great glorious church with that spot, with that blemish, and it will proclaim the true Jesus, the true kingdom of God to all the world for which and all nation. And then and only then the end will come. The ones that do not heed, even though they have been dealt with, it says there that neither repented they of their murders, or of their sorceries, nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. Why? Because if we don't do the will of God and we don't go on pressing toward the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, then we fall by the wayside. We must obey in present truth and the proceeding word of God. And that's blood flow, second by second, minute by minute, if we walk in the light in obedience. And we find that it will be obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, and the choice is ours. And so we yield our members as servants to obey him of the servants to whom we obey. It's all up to us. Well, we're giving a call. God is moving on you. He's moving on us to work with you and you with us. Call me. Let's work together. God is doing it now. You're a minister called to the gospel. Then let's work together. You're called as helps or as governments. And there, we still, we need to get together. The body of Christ, regardless the eye or the hand or the foot, whatever you're called for, we need to come together. You believe the word, the Holy Ghost burns and bears witness with your spirit. Then contact me. My email is sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Again, Sealing God's people at dennisbeard.org. You can also reach us through the website, sealinggodspeople.com, sealinggodspeople.org, or dennisbeard.org. And you also see our seven books that I've authored there, uh, there for your edification. Don't procrastinate. God is fitly framing his body together now. I've heard from you, many of you in Africa, donating land, wanting a training center there. We're doing our best. It's only as the body of Christ comes together that we can accomplish the will of God. So we're counting on you. We're counting on you to move according to the leading of the Holy Ghost. God dealing with you. Don't wait. Don't procrastinate. Immediately follow the leading of the Holy Ghost and... It will be pleasing to our Lord Jesus Christ. You can also write to me, DBM, Dennis Beard Ministries, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. I'll get right back to you. Email me at sealinggodspeople 
at DennisBeard.org. That's my email address. I'll get right back to you. There, we pray for everyone, every individual member in the body of Christ, that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blindness at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.